everyone, welcome to another episode of the Book More Show. It's Stuart Bell here, and today, great interview with one of our authors who just recently finished the book. So I really wanted to get his insights into what it's been doing for his business. And also because it's a little bit of an unusual business as well. I mean, as we think about examples of people writing books, Bill's business isn't the one that springs to mind. So Bill DeBoer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stuart. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So I started off by saying that your business isn't one that necessarily springs to mind when we're talking no, about examples no, of books. So do you want to give the audience a bit of a background on who you are? Let me get up an image of the book as well. So the book is, sure. let me on the screen here, the book is Profitable Fleet Management. So what's your company and what what do you guys do for people? Yeah. So we have a business, DeBoer's Auto in Hamburg, New Jersey. We've been in business for just over 40 years now. And we take care of people's cars, trucks, vans, and all that. So pretty much the book was spawned out of a couple of years ago, we were looking for ways to increase our business. And we uh, started knocking on doors of the small and medium-sized businesses out there that have you know fleets of that size. And starting started seeing some real pain points inside of those businesses with regards to, you know, how hard it is for them to manage it, how much of a pain it is. It's like the unwanted stepchild inside of these businesses. <laughs> so, um, you know, after, you know, kicking that around and we're growing and we're adding capacity to our building, we're, we're in the middle of a build out, we're adding six more bays. The shop is going to be set up specifically for these types of fleet vehicles the the taller vans and stuff like that our existing shop is an older facility and the roof line is a little bit lower so you know we're going to be set up way better to handle that and you know we're we thought it would be a great idea to write this book launch it and then use it as a, a lead tool to help fill up the shop when we get it open so this idea that we talked to a lot of people about in terms of picking a single target market and not that it's exclusive of everyone else. It's not that you have to turn away other business, but the idea of reaching out in a campaign sense and picking that target market, you were talking about other vehicles and other types of um, non-van fleet people that you can help. What made you pick that area as opposed to something something else? Was it the an area that you wanted to break into or is it the most profitable area or the area you can help the most? Well, it's a couple things, right? So in our business, I mean, those fleets are a good steady supply of vehicles for us to work on. In our business, everything comes down to car count, how many cars we have to work on. And the thing about fleets that is attractive to us as a business is that we can deal with one or two people and collect, you know, 30 to 40 vehicles with only a couple contact points where for us to do 40 vehicles, that's 40 different phone calls. 40 different people we got to deal with it's you know a lot more work that goes into that so the fleet business works well for that the other thing that comes in handy too is typically the ebbs and flows with repairs seems to correlate with these other businesses so when they are slow is when they have time to put their vehicles into the shop to get their maintenance done and the repairs done and it's typically at the same time that we are getting slow seasonally so they they time together really well so that we can average out our workflow and keep a nice steady flow of work coming into the business with it so such a perfect marriage we 
a lot of organizations that we talk about on the coaching side of the business is this idea of excess capacity. So if you're doing something, but there is excess capacity, you've really got that the engineers, the techs are there anyway, the equipment's there anyway. It really gives you a lot of leeway to do some quite innovative things in terms of reaching out to people and creating a win-win situation because you've got the capacity set there. I mean, it really does expire at the end of the day when the mechanic goes home. If he's been sat around doing nothing, then you can't get that time back. So being able to marry it. It's that um, being in business for 40 years gives you a lot of insights into that ebb and flow and the kind of seasonality of what you're doing and the life cycle of the maintenance of different fleets. Is that a competitive advantage that you've got, kind of being able to proactively reach out to people and kind of sow the seed of what might be about to happen almost before it actually happens? Absolutely. So, and that's what the book does, right? So it's a real simple read. I made it so that, you know, it can help people at whatever level they are at in their business with these fleets. Because typically what happens is it's your plumber, it's your electrician that turns business owner now. Then they got the one van, which is fine. They can manage it on their own. And then they start layering on more people, more vehicles. And it grows to a point where, you know, they've got an office manager and now this gets dumped in the office manager's lap and they don't have any idea what they're doing other than, Hey, send the truck for an oil change. And they think that they're (laughs) taking care of it. And it's really not nothing of the the sort, you know, it, they send it to a quick lube that has lower level technicians. Their skill levels are entry level, unlike ours, where they're, you know, master certified. They can spot things before they happen and we can get in front of things to keep them on the road. So, like, again, as the business ebbs and flows, you know, when they're busy and they need those vehicles to go, they're ready. There's no critical breakdowns during those time periods. So, with the book, what we did was we took the approach where we can go in, drop the book off, and depending on whether they're fit for us or not, we can coach them into becoming a fit for us as well. So if they're in there and maybe they're, they can't quite afford the service level that we provide, gives them a lot of tools to go and implement in their business that they can uh, get the, get their handle on the fleet expenses and start dialing them in and then grow into the size fleet that is a really good fit for us. So. Such a great approach because not only most people I think about finding the customers who are ready to go now, so much of like the advertising burn and churn is to try and find those people who do something today. And a lot of time there's, you've probably heard me say before on podcasts or when we've spoken, my brother's a yacht broker. Well, they own a, um, they're the distributor for a specific brand now, but in a previous life, he was a yacht broker, walked in as a relatively junior broker to an office where I think the guy had passed away. I really should fact check the story. I can't remember whether he retired or passed away. Changes the dynamic of the story a bit. But anyway, he was no longer there. And there was literally a drawer labeled dead leads. And one of the first things that Phil did was went through that drawer and reached out to the people and sales came from literally a drawer that was labeled dead leads. So Bringing it back to your approach of the book, so many people are trying to find the people who are looking for fleet managers now, today, they've got a problem that they're trying to fix. But by starting that conversation and building that relationship earlier, by adding value, it just makes such logical sense that as they grow to that level of needing it, they already have the relationship with you. You're their guy. Why would they even look anywhere else? So to be able to provide them that value in the book to educate them 
make the most of where they are today. Was that, in terms of when you think about what to write, was that an obvious first choice for you? Or did you go back and forth on which bits to include or which bits to were maybe too complicated? Not really. It just all kind of flowed together really nice. Once I decided to go ahead and pursue the project, made the outline with the chapters and kind of all flowed from that. I mean, my background is in, I mean, I happen to be in the automotive business. It's a family business that I grew up in. Uh, originally, we were retailing cars when I came into it. I established the service department, but I went to college for business. I also went and got my automotive technology degree as well while I was at college. So kind of learned all that, but business is a strong suit of mine. And I built, you know, with the book, I wrote the business aspects into it. So I'm speaking right. to the other business owner as a business owner and what I've used in my business that's worked for me that they can implement into their business. Like chapter one or two, we, we start off right with profit first accounting, which is a nice method to control cash flows inside of a small business. And it, it helps them plan for uh, the expenses with the repairs, the acquisition of new vehicles and that sort of stuff so that they're not scrambling for cash when they have situations arise. So, right. you know, that's a lot of what the book is there for to try to help these guys if they're not in that position to grow into that position by teaching them this stuff as well. One of the book blueprint mindsets is this idea of value-driven content, and it really sets the scene. In the early days, although we don't see it so much now, but in the early days of the book business, there were people who were talking about, oh, not wanting to give away all of their best stuff in the book. And it's such a alien concept. It wasn't really coming from a marketing background. That was never really anything that we were, it was just a thought that hadn't popped into our mind. I think the likelihood of being able to give away enough that you're actually giving value, but obviously saying to people, oh, there's always more. There's more that's out of the scope of this book. It's not that I'm holding things back. It's just that it's out of scope. And then delivering as much value as possible within the pages creates that relationship and literally adds value and then builds towards builds towards a next step rather than saying to someone, well, there's five things I could tell you, but it's too complicated for you. So either come and pay me or you're on your own. Do you get that yeah. feedback from people as they read it? I imagine. I mean, I've read the book as well, and even not as a as we. I have one car, not a fleet. Yeah. But even there, there's value that I get from it. Just thinking outside of this specific example, I imagine for people who are office managers who have had a fleet dropped on them or the fleet's developed yeah. over time, they must really get a lot from it. Yeah. So the thing too is, I wrote the book. You know, we live in our little corner of the world. It's not like I can service the entire country, but. There's, you know, this, there's something in there for everybody. And the problem that I see locally here is just it's across the entire nation. So, you know, in leading up to this book, you know, I've been producing content on a regular basis about fleet management, trying to get control on this stuff. And, you know, through our blogging and our YouTube stuff out there, I've already generated calls from around the country. You know, people that have this unwanted stepchild dumped in their lap, call me for <laughs> advice. They want to pay me to be a consultant, which I don't really have the time ban or bandwidth for, but the, you know, the pain is real out there. And, you know, I wrote the book so that they can be helped and try to get a handle on what they need to, you know? Yeah. 
as you say, the local being 50 mile famous for being able to legitimately help people where you've got the bandwidth and the infrastructure to help is one thing. But there is a good feeling about knowing that this is universally applicable and you're actually able to help people. And it almost sets that idea of kind of like digging the well before you need the water. Expansion later into another area, potentially, this kind of lays the groundwork for a customer base in that area or bridging into other things. So no bandwidth at the moment for consulting or doing the one-on-one work, but you're not the first person that we've talked to. I'm probably on a podcast, actually, I'm thinking of a couple of people where years down the track, their businesses have pivoted into something that they weren't necessarily expecting. That's not going to be the case for everyone. And even if the opportunities there, it's often people don't want to take it up, but that well, level of interaction. One, the one thing that we're looking to see and get feedback from the book as it rolls out nationwide. And if we get leads or people calling us up that aren't in our direct area that we can service to, you know, obviously connect them with the book, but also test that market out there to see like we, we can go in and become a, we're exploring the idea of being a fractional fleet manager. So what that would look like is we have a a tech stack that we can go into say, you know, a, a company that's in California or wherever around the country we can deploy this tech stack that we use it currently locally with our existing fleets, go in there and we can manage from afar. While we may not be right. touching the cars and fixing them, we can do the actual fleet management piece of it, make sure that they're staying on top of all the maintenances, scheduling the vehicles for service and taking that burden off of whoever's managing it inside of the office. Because what happens, like when we talk about the fleet business, you got small, medium-sized businesses, and then there's the enterprise level. And when you get to the enterprise level, we service a lot of those fleets as well, but there's some major companies out there that manage these fleets for people. But small, medium-sized businesses don't have the bandwidth or the cash flow to afford those types of services. So with us being a fractional fleet manager, we would be able to come in. They can pay us for the little bit of time that they need for somebody to manage the fleet affordably, get it off of their plate until they either stay with us or they can grow up to the next level with their business. That's an interesting point as well, because that expansion and knowing where you sit in the overall ecostructure really means that you can maximize the benefit for those people, knowing that some people will grow into it, but also that some people will grow out of it. Yeah. A lot of listeners are probably strategic coach members because we've got a big footprint with coach. So their idea of like the free zone frontier and this who not how mentality of creating something that's bigger than the sum of the parts. So you've been able to help an organization in the other side of the country that has great capability, but maybe not the infrastructure or the technology to be able to come in and provide that for them. I mean, it's such a win-win, not only for you to expand the footprint, for the customers to get a better service, but also for those shops to be able to make a more robust model yeah. The people who, so the office managers or the fleet managers that are interacting, we talk about this idea of the book being the start of the conversation towards that doing business. If it's a point that some people get tripped up on, they kind of know or see other people using a book as a lead generation tool. They kind of conceptualize it as a good idea, but sometimes people struggle with, okay, well, how do I transition that into into someone raising their hand to do business. I really like what you've got on the back cover of the book. Talk a little bit, if you can, about how you make that transition. So someone raises their hand and gets a copy of the book somehow. How does that conversation then go? 
Yeah. So we got a couple different downloadable tools that I talk about inside of the book. The cost per mile worksheet, we have a pre-drive checklist for drivers so that they're doing regular inspections, which is key to keeping these cars on the road for these fleets. I mean, you, typically the major breakdowns and the catastrophic breakdowns occur because they go extended time between intervals and they end up with low fluids. And the way to catch that stuff is to have a regular inspection process. So we have the uh, inspection checklist that they can download. And then ultimately too, they can book a, a discovery call with me where I can, you know, kind of help them out with their fleet, talk to their pain points and send them in the right direction of alleviating that pain. Give them some Tylenol for it. <laughs> right. That took out uh, building your success on the success of others. The fact that you've got the vehicle checklist that the local managers can give to the drivers, that is almost preventative to the I mean, there's a case to say that's taken red out of your out of your table or whatever the analogy is, but it's really adding value and building that relationship in a way that makes it easy for them to get on board with. Such a fantastic idea of basing your success on their success. And again, I imagine that just builds the rapport even faster. Yeah. And these are simple tools. They're simple, you know, spreadsheets and stuff that they can download and start implementing in their business. Like I said, again, if they can't afford our services with our fractional fleet service, when we go in with the tech stack, that's already built into everything that we do. So, you know, we talk about this, this paper checklist that they can go through with the drivers. Our digital version of that is linked up with our tech stack and they can have every driver have their own you know, whether they use an iPad or a phone for the business, they can go in and do the inspections right on that. Everything gets reported up. Any issues go up to us as the fleet manager, and we can start looking at them and addressing them. Uh, also takes care of a lot of safety issues, make sure that we stay in front of that stuff for the fleet and just a whole host of other things. But again, you know, starting out and helping people where they're at, meeting them where they're at, helping them grow their businesses. I mean, that, that's really what I'm passionate about. Right. I really love small and medium businesses and talk about growing businesses. So, And that, I think that um, authenticity, if that's not an overused word these days, but that comes through in the book as well. I think you can read some things that clearly look like marketing pieces that are just given enough to get you to the next stage. And then other pieces like the book where it's clearly, you know, the business, you know, their pain points, and you're really trying to deliver as much as possible. Talking of getting in front of the right people then, so now that the book's created, the next stage, obviously, is getting it in front of the people who can best be served by it. So what are you doing at the moment? I know it's somewhat early days, but what are you doing at the moment to get the visibility out there and to get it in front of the right groups of people? Well, we just started. We just we did a live book launch this week with Rich the Trigger Bond Trigger. <laughs> and his company, Rock the Stage Media, I think it is. Yeah. So he helped us out. We did a spotlight interview on me where it highlighted me a couple of weeks ago, a little 15-minute clip that got put together. Then we did the live book launch Tuesday evening of this past week. And he brought on some special guests, actually some of our existing customers. And you know they all read the book. They gave their testimonials, how it's helped them, how we helped them in their business. And, you know, we also took it, I, I went to high school with a voice actor or actress, and she laid down the audible version of this, which just got approved and uploaded the other night too. So oh, wow, fantastic. Uh, yeah, so that, you know, we're, we've got freefleetbook.com where people can go on to lead generation. They can download the digital copy for free. 
if they'd like to get a physical copy right now we have a limited supply of them that we're giving out if they want to pay postage and then obviously they can buy it on audible for the audio version or the on amazon for the regular hard copy as well but i'm just trying to pump it out there the other thing that we're looking at getting in front of is other podcasts for those industries that we serve and also getting with those trade publications to help them out by either giving them written content that they can supply in their trade publications to help out the the fleet piece of their businesses so that they can try to manage right. that and get in front of it. Have you seen the Success Magazine ad that Dean did a while ago for Email Mastery? Yeah. Yeah, I did see a copy of that. Yeah. I'll, did we talk about We did a strategy call a couple of weeks ago. Did I yeah. send that to you as part yeah, of that? Yeah, you shared that to me. Yep. Yep. I got to think that now. I just saw it before. I'll link it in the show notes for anyone who wants to check it out and hasn't seen it already. But this idea of providing content in a kind of advertorial type way. So providing, because all the individual steps that you've got in the book and all of the other things that kind of are related to it, but not necessarily just in the book, that's definitely article length information that's super valuable and give people the bite-sized pieces and then offer the free copy of the book as the next step. Hey, if you like this, grab a copy of this for more. Such a perfectly dialed in way of amplifying the message. Are you guys present on LinkedIn in a meaningful way? Yeah. 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 So we're on LinkedIn. Actually, when we did with Rich, we did it non-traditional way, or I guess maybe a newer way. I felt like instead of registering for Zoom, a Zoom call where he registered people and we invited guests and people and tried to fill the room, I decided to go another route where we just went live on all the multiple streams and got it out there. And, okay. you know, n- not everybody can come and watch it at the time that it occurs so i figured if we just went live and then all those rebroad or once it was on there live people could watch the rebroadcast as they will so we went live on youtube linkedin facebook and pumped it all out there we'll link the if we can grab a link to the i always find it difficult navigating linkedin sometimes which is why i'm not as active as i should be on there because i my frustration level gets too high but we'll find the replay link for the LinkedIn version and stick that in the show notes as well here, because I think not only is it interesting to see what you did in the kind of look behind the scenes way, but it's also interesting for people to see that kind of live element of the customers coming on and talking about it. And so you're presenting the various elements of the book, because the point of the podcast here is twofold. Not only is it to kind of highlight what you've done with the book and what you do in the business, but also really if people copy and and cheat and take the shortcuts from everything that we've learned over the time, then it can only serve to do them better. I think I'm pretty safe to say that we haven't done another fleet management book. Sometimes with the financial advisors, it's maybe a little bit more challenging because we've definitely done more than one retirement planning book. But but yeah, if people can be inspired by different industries, that definitely helps everyone, helps everyone. I think to go back to your point too, how, you know, a lot of people hold back so much information in a book. You know, I didn't feel that in this at all, because like, I, I feel like the more that you're out, the, the information, like you can go out and coach people and talk to people, you know, the amount of information that they implement is so small compared to yeah. what you actually put out there. If you give them everything all in the book too, it, you know, they're still going to come to you for some more information. So I think it's the best if you just, you know, you're fully transparent and get all the information out there and then see what happens from there. You're right, because it's 
particularly, I mean, we had a we were talking about chat GTP the other day. And as that develops and gets even more robust, I mean, Google's been around for 20 something years now. Chat GTP kind of takes it to the next level a little bit and just makes it more interactive going one or two levels deep. So it's not like the actual information isn't out there, but people's ability through either an understanding or even just a capacity to actually do it. I think that's really the biggest problem that 90% people have got. It's not knowing what to do. It's just having the full picture or the capacity to do it. So yeah. I agree. Sharers, I mean, it's what we did in the scorecard book, went slightly overboard on the videos and things in that book, but sharing as much information as possible, it just really gets people to the point that they know and understand that you are the right person to help them. And they've started to build that rapport anyway. So are more likely to select you as they realize that, hey, I'm not going to get to do this myself. I really need someone else just to do it. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about like, especially in our business, there's a, a huge side to just automotive repair, right? It's called do it yourself. You know, the auto parts store service customers that, that work on their right. cars at home. And then there's a do it for me market, which is what we're in, right? People bring the vehicles to us. And I feel like the same thing is true with the business. In my years, you know, 25 plus years of being in this career path, I found, you know, at times, you know, I didn't have the budget, so I had to do it and follow the book and maybe spend a little bit of extra time. And then there's other times in my life that I've found where, you know, I can just hurry up and bypass and save a whole lot of time <laughs> and jump to the front of the line by calling somebody. So, yeah. you know, again, I don't think holding back information ever really helps anybody, you know. No, because people can tell as well. You definitely get that feel for when someone's just wanting to move to the next conversation and yeah. get someone to sign on the line that started. Come up on time. Super appreciate yep. the time that you spent today. I think people are going to get a lot from this. I want to make sure that they can check out more of what you're doing. So there was freefleetbook.com. Yep. Freefleetbook.com is where you can get the book. Anybody feel free to connect with me professionally. I linked in Bill DeBoer. I think I have the only handle with that on there. <laughs> so it's pretty easy to find or DeBoer's Auto is the business. So check us out, Perfect. see what we've got going on. And we'll make sure to put links to all of those in the show notes as well. So as you're listening, just hop over to the show notes, which I think also appear in the show notes of the podcast player. So should all be clickable just to get straight through. Anything that we haven't touched on that you've wanted to like if someone was asking you if if they should write a book for their business is there anything that kind of springs to mind that might then they might not realize no i mean i think that you know depending on what you're in i mean i think everybody's got a book in them and 90 minutes obviously does a a, a really nice job of packaging this all together you know, I just got on the call this afternoon with a marketing colleague that we haven't talked in a while and just catching up, talking about the book and, you know, just got on the discussion. Like, he's probably got like 10 different book ideas that he could just, <laughs> you know, just sitting out there and it never really dawned on him to, you know, put it in this. And then, you know, a lot of how he generates his business is going by to, you know, these industry trade shows and giving away these, you know, the stupid trinkets and all the other stuff that nobody ever wants right yeah right yeah and you know i told them you know i mean how great would it be just to have a book and hand out a book to everybody and what a great giveaway versus all the the pens and whatnot that they have so yeah fantastic well it's been a pleasure thanks again for your time as i say i'll make sure that we've got shown the notes and links to everything that you're doing so i highly recommend people check that out and 
we'll do another strategy call a little bit further down the track and we'll check back in and then we should do another podcast as well and keep people in the loop of the world domination that's starting not far from me here in in jersey yeah sounds good man all righty thanks bill thanks everyone for watching we will catch you in the next one